there, friends. This is Becky Khan with the On the Cover podcast. I don't even remember what episode we're on right now. I'm trying to remain faithful in doing this each week and very hopeful and prayerful that somebody somewhere is getting something out of this. Um, I know that the Lord is working in and through me, so I'm grateful for that. If it's not for anything else but that. If you are enjoying and getting something out of this and the Lord is speaking to you through um, through the words that I share, please share the podcast on all of the platforms, um, whatever that looks like for you and how you listen. And you can like, post, comment, all of the things. Um, so do that so that we can help get the word out if you are blessed by what you are hearing. So today we are going to dive into the, um, the definitely maybe right? And you're like, okay, what the heck are you talking about? Well, like a few years ago, I don't even know how long ago it was actually. Um, the Lord kind of laid on my heart, like definitely maybe. And I thought, wow, that's a little bit confusing, right? So I started to do a little bit of research on, you know, like what the difference is, like different words for definitely and different words for maybe. And some of the things that I came up with and had written in my journal were definitely is without doubt or clearly. And maybe was perhaps or possibly like a complete contradiction of each other, but work beautifully together. And so then I put a couple of more like little words together <clears throat> that would also mean definitely maybe. So clear possibility, absolutely maybe, purely perchance, and questionably perhaps. And I found myself like looking in my own vocabulary. Do I like use some of these words sometimes? And I absolutely do. But it's crazy because what I felt like the Lord was kind of revealing to me in this was that, you know, we can think and plan and do all the things that we think that we're going to do. And we have all these grand ideas and so on and so forth. Right. And we are like, I'm definitely doing that 100 percent or in the words of Nina Quintero, 100, because she refuses to put the percent on that. But so I'm like, okay, 100%, like gonna do this, whatever it is. And then it's like, but if it's in the will of God, or, you know, we're testing it against whatever it is that God is putting before us. And so reminded me of Proverbs 16, 9, which I think I've shared on here maybe a couple of times, but something that I, I love this verse in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. Another version is a man's heart plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps, or we can make our plans, but the Lord establishes our steps. In my prayer to the Lord, um, in reading that verse and in talk and talking to him about the whole definitely maybe thing and all of the things and my prayer to the Lord was whatever you have for this with this and in this whole definitely maybe thing I am willing and able because of your power that is within me um, and I just thanked him for his provision and his plan for my life because it's so much grander than what I could ever think right and I am surrendering in this time in my life now then and it's been a work in progress for me I'm surrendering the need for others approval for affirmation of others for others to like and, and give me all the likes on Facebook and to pat me on the back and whatever like for affirmation of others like I'm surrendering that I don't need the approval of others and I think that that's where this whole definitely maybe thing was taking me because in that time I was super reliant upon um, the approval of others. And so anyway, fun fact, 
words of affirmation is my top love language and acts of service is directly behind that, like only by like a, a point or two or whatever. But I bet some of you probably could have guessed that. So words of affirmation is still my top love language um, because I like to know that I'm doing a good job, I guess, and I want to do everything with excellence and I want to please others. But ultimately, um, I want to please the Lord. So over my life and especially in ministry, right? So we're talking about my life in general, but if we talk about quote unquote, my ministry, which really it's all his, but in, in what he's charged me with and the things that I have done within ministry and things that he's done um, in and through me, I've put a lot of weight um, and weighted success a lot on what people thought or their feedback. But at the end of the day, none of that really matters as long as I am seeking the Lord and doing as the Lord le- is leading And ultimately, as long as I'm pleasing the Lord, because I'm not here to please people, I'm here to please him. It was and should never be my goal to be normal. Did you hear me? It was and should never be my goal to to be normal. And the same goes for you. It was and should never be your goal to be normal. Like, we don't want to be normal because he isn't normal and he isn't comfortable like he, he of, of all, pla- he meaning Jesus, BT dubs, Jesus was, was not, I mean, he was, he wasn't comfortable with going to the cross. I mean, he did this as, as in obedience because of what he had the direction of his father, right? Like he even, you know, prayed before him, like if this cup can be taken from me, this was not some, this was not something that was comfortable for him, but it was something that he was willing to do in me, in my life. And, and my goal to not be normal, to not be comfortable, my goal is to be a Christ imitator, to be like Christ is. And, and that means that I'm going to be persecuted just as he was too. Yes, he had followers and many loved him, but not everybody, not everyone, and not all the time. He wasn't afraid or timid about what people would think, say, or even do. He already knew, right? And, and a lot of, you remember the, the, the rooster's going to crow three times. Like he already knew. He did as his father commanded. And I am his daughter. He did promise me and he did speak to me. And I will be used for his glory in his kingdom's work because he said, like simply because he said, there's no other explanation that I need. I know that I will be because he said, and that's regardless of what people think and regardless of how things may appear. I say to God, only your will and your way. Keep me in line with your plans and your steps. Keep me grounded in your approval and in your acceptance and your affirmation. That that is what I say to the Lord, like not anything else. Not from anyone else. Like Paul defending his authority in, in Christ. And you can find this in 2 Corinthians 10 and 11. Not going to read the verses straight out, so I'm just kind of re- I'm referring to those verses. So please go back and look at that if you choose. But because select crowds were opposed of him, and we're talking about Paul, right? They ridiculed him for his lack of authority when he spoke, saying that he was a good preacher. I'm sorry, that he was not a good preacher, um, and that that he didn't go to the proper schools for speech making and whatever, and that he was kind of more of a timid preacher he like didn't really preach with any great like boisterous authority type deal like nothing like what his letters were written like right so because he had authority in Jesus Christ though he wasn't worried about all that 
and and God equipped him with every word that he needed to say when he needed to say them, whether that was within a, a letter or whether that was in speaking to people, right? Every step with with that, many people turned to Christ. Every step, every word, everything, like within the authority that he was operating in, with, within the authority of Jesus Christ, people were turned to Christ because of Paul's boldness in his letters and ultimately his willingness to be to be raw in his speech like he didn't have to have all the fancy things right he didn't have to have the the schooling um to have the right words to 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 articulate clearly neither did i because stumbling over my words here right here but he didn't have to have all of those things none of that mattered at the end of the day because people were turning to christ right so second corinthians 10 4 to 5 this is good, you guys. So <clears throat> hold hold on hold on to your hats here. The weapons we fight, this is 2 Corinthians 10, 4 to 5. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they are divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I love the words just demolish strongholds right here. Like they just they etch in into into my soul, right? Like we are the weapons that we use, the weapons that we are equipped with because we are followers of Jesus Christ, demolish strongholds. And those weapons, our weapons, are prayer. This might be a good time to write some notes down. <laughs> telling you when to write notes our weapons are prayer faith hope love god's word his living breathing word and the holy spirit these are the only weapons that can truly break down the pride that we as humans carry ultimately blocking the work of god pride gives way for the walls to be built up you guys it's it's so rooted in pride and in fear brick by brick under the stronghold of the enemy that pride goes up that fear goes up those bricks are offense and fear and doubt and pride these bricks can only be destroyed with the weapons of the lord right i had a i'm going to share with you i had a dream the other night like a dream about stacking chairs and I'm not much of a dreamer well I mean in the sense of dreaming as I'm sleeping like I'm a dreamer like I have goals and I'm really extra a lot of times dreamer like that but I don't mean I mean in the literal sense of like dreaming I just don't dream a lot and what I do dream I don't really hold on to I don't I don't remember right there's no recollection um but in this case, I was I wasn't sure what this dream was about. I remember waking up kind of halfway in the middle of the night and like I was saying to who to no one, <laughs> but whoever was in my dream to stack the chairs. Like we need to stack the chairs. And I remember falling back asleep and um like I don't remember falling back asleep, but I fell back asleep. And when I woke up again, that was still on my mind, right? It was when I woke up I remembered having that dream and, and waking up saying that and falling back asleep. And I wrote in my journal about these chairs 
about stacking the chairs. And I didn't, I don't know, didn't know what it meant. And I thought maybe it was tied to who's in your chair, something that we took away from youth camp a few years ago um, about Jesus, you know, being in your chair and all the times that we put other things in our chair, other things that are, you know, to kind of take authority or lordship in our life. And really it's, it's supposed to be Jesus. So I thought somehow maybe it was tied to that. But today God gave me some revelation on this. And I don't want you to think that I'm misusing the God gave me, quote unquote, when I say that, I mean that his ways are so much higher than mine and his thoughts are so much higher than mine. And there is no way that I could have gotten this revelation on my own. That is what I mean by that, because I'm not nearly smart enough or putting the puzzle pieces together nearly quickly enough to be able to put this up on my own. But I was driving and the chairs came back to mind just kind of sitting in in a little bit of silence. So I began to sort of talk to God about it. And I felt prompted to look up chair stacking sermon, right? Okay, yes, while I was driving, but I was at a stoplight. And I looked it up real quick. I do not endorse driving while operating any kind of electronic device. So let's just get that out there. Not endorsing that. I did look it up at the stop sign. Okay, anyway, with that, there was uh, and it was a stoplight, not a stop sign. I'm squirreling a lot today. So I'm just going to apologize right here in the middle of everything for all the squirrels. But hopefully you're picking up what I'm putting down somewhere along the way. Anyway, with that, I was, um, I, I, I saw in the YouTube a sermon that was entitled um, Chairs of Restoration Movement. Um, there was this excerpt from a sermon uh, a few years ago by a Church of Christ pastor, and no, I don't belong to the Church of Christ, nor do I endorse or know their doctrine um, or even really know anything about it. But this particular thing kind of grabbed my attention because there was a couple of words in their chair, number one, because I was looking for something with chair stacking sermon, restoration, because I um, absolutely have a passion to see people restored. And I believe that God is after the hearts of all and movement because the Lord laid on my heart months ago about the crusade that we are having um, on March 6th, Friday, March 6th, spring break crusade plug inserted here starts at seven o'clock. I'm sorry, six o'clock at Dow park. Um, and we're going to have some great worship and we are going to have um, an amazing speaker uh, evangelist and the, the, the love of the Lord is going to be shared and people are going to be saved and it's going to be wonderful. Anyway, months ago, the Lord, um, kind of revealed to me that, in, that, 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 that was a movement. Um, and so those words jumped out to me, chair restoration and movement. Anyway, the pastor has these stacks of chairs on this, on the stage, and I'm not really watching the video, but kind of glancing here and there. And he begins to unstack them and he sits in each of the chair as it's unstacked one by one to have a conversation with himself as if it were multiple people um, in the chairs with different doctrine or beliefs. Um, And each person in line would give a reason as to why they could not fellowship with the other person or the, you know, the people that were below them because they raised their hands in worship or they had musical instruments or they owned a building or whatever, whatever, whatever. Like it was all these different things basically describing all the trivial barriers that that we put up for each other um, or, you know, people put up for each other, the church puts up for each other, whatever it is, um, 
as to why we can't fellowship with each other and serve with each other and worship together. All the reason that keeps separation of people and discord um, keeps us ununified, right? And so if you can imagine, you know, there's these big stacks of chairs and he's unstacking them one by one. He sits in a chair and then he moves to the next chair and then he brings another chair down and he moves to the next chair. And it's like each time it's, it's further and further away. So the first one is, I can't fellowship with you because you, you have instruments in your worship, right? So if you will just change that and, and then we will be able to, we'll be able to worship together. We'll be able to fellowship together. We'll be able to do life together. And ultimately, you know, the great commission, therefore go and make disciples, whatever. And so then the next one is, you know, because they, I mean, it was all kinds of just different things. And I thought, my God, goodness this is it like it hits me like stack the chairs right we often stack our differences against each other rather than with each other so that's a retweet right we stack our differences against each other rather than with each other and what I what I mean by that is like thank God that he didn't make us all the same thank God that there are different people and different churches and different groups all pointing back to Jesus all serving um, each other in love and likeness of Christ, pointing people that walk in their doors or people that are within their reach back to Jesus, the way, the truth, the life. John fourteen six, right? John fourteen six. Jesus is the way and the truth, the life. People don't get to to, to the Father except through Jesus, right? Giving people the truth about no one comes to the Father except through Jesus, the acceptance of Jesus Christ as their Savior. If we are, even within all of our differences, if this is what we are doing, if this is how we are pointing people and we are pointing everyone back to Jesus, like, let's stack our chairs. (laughs) Like, let's stack our differences. We try so hard to stack the bricks, the chairs against each other. But we need to stack our differences vertically so that we can become stronger and stronger in the army, in the body of believers. For our battle, we know this, right, guys? Our battle is not of flesh and blood. Ephesians 6, 12. For our struggle, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Our battle is not against each other. Your neighbor is not your adversary. The enemy is. So let's stack the chairs. (laughs) Like I did not think that this, this would turn. I had something completely different planned kind of for today. And I, I didn't think it would turn this way, but I feel like, my gosh, like this is what we do. Like we stack up all of our differences in a way that we can push each other out and really it's let's stack the chairs let's become a force to be reckoned with for the cause of Christ I mean come on like that starts with me and it starts with you so that's the that's the charge today like I know that some of these if you've listened to you know more than one of these podcasts like it can seem repetitive in some ways but this is the passion and this is where I am right now like we have got to be unified we have got to come together as the church it's it's a matter of life and death my friends like it's so huge because the people that don't believe 
the people that don't know Jesus, they see us on, they're sitting on the sidelines and they see us fighting and they see all of this bickering back and forth and nobody wants to be a part of that. That is that they're sitting there going, this is not anything that I want to be a part of, right? And we are, we are here to bring in, to, to build up, right? To, and to ultimately send out, I know that that's the mission of our church, but that's the mission of the church as a whole, like, and we can't do that when we are divided amongst ourselves. Like, so I'm so passionate about this. And this, this goes for, for everyone, all, all, all Christians, if we want quote unquote, you know, everybody that, that, that is a believer that follows Jesus, like this goes for everyone. So let's, let's do this. Like, it starts with you. It starts with me. We are, we are the army. Like, Let's stack our differences to, to, to be able to be an army of, of soldiers to be reckoned with that the enemy um, is, is, is terrified of because we are walking in the authority of Jesus Christ and in the power of Jesus Christ. And that's what matters. Like, that's it. Like, let's do this. And, and we can as we can be unified. Um, it is the way that we are designed. It is only the schemes of the enemy to take us down. So let's not let him do it. Like that's it. So anyway, I hope hopefully that um, you received a little bit of a charge from today's message and that you um, that you share, you feel feel worthy of sharing, even if it's just in conversation with somebody to to encourage them to be an encourager and to encourage them to be walking in the authority of Jesus and to be you know, one unified with our fellow believers. So have a great week, wherever you are in your week, and just know that you are so very loved. Until next time.